What is up? Welcome into another edition of What's Up Belly Up. I got myself and my co-host Zach Mack here with us. Um, we started off with with two uh, two episodes on football, and uh, you know what? Let, let's keep the train rolling. We'll, we'll uh, pick up <laughs> kind of where we left off week to week. Um, a couple different topics. Probably uh, shoot through these quick. So I mean, really, I'll just jump right into it. Uh, no, no, no real script or anything to really follow outside. Of, we'll just start specifically with. Uh, uh, Mini, uh, uh, your your boy, uh, the old quarterback there, you know, uh, laying the egg. Uh, I guess it was a little, a little different competition. I mean, you know, I guess the Saints. It uh, it all depends, but all the analysts were pretty much on Minnesota. Um, then pretty much San Francisco did exactly what they needed to do: take Dalvin Cook out of the game. That's what happened, and the end result is San Francisco ran away with it. Uh, your take from that game, uh, obviously we're going to talk a lot of games, but uh, specifically this game, Dalvin Cook. Yeah, well, you mentioned the network analysts. That surprised me, honestly, because they were picking they were picking uh, teams before the games, and I, I thought at worst it was going to be split. Like maybe some of them would say Minnesota because you, the Niners take a week off and everyone seems to forget what they're capable of. And – but like it, it was an enormous amount of them were picking Minnesota. It was, and I was just like, "This is oh, this has got just Kirk Cousins fumbling this game away, written all over it." Because now everyone's putting the Vikings as a winner, and Kirk Cousins gets lucky and he plays the first game of the weekend again, so he's not technically in prime time. But everyone's picking him, and if, what does he do? He lays an egg. Just we we literally talked about it last week. If they shut down Delvin Cook. Which is, we could pretty much be confident that the Niners were going to do because the Niners' defense is the Niners' defense. Yeah, four first-round picks on that line. Yeah, and then, and then it's on Kirk Cousins' shoulders, and he's not going to be able to win a playoff game when the game rests on his shoulders. And lo and behold, that's what happened. So, uh, like I said, we'll, we'll quickly move from topic to topic. Don't have a lot to say on that other than – Shitty game plan that's pretty basic going into that game what you have to do make Kirk Cousins beat you he didn't so uh you know I guess on to the other side of the NFC which actually it's kind of funny looking at it if Mini would have won and then Green Bay on the other side you would have had Mini Green Bay NFC championship which is uh kind of crazy based off of that division you know yeah um, we hold near near and dear to our heart but uh but uh you know we go to Green Bay um the score, I don't think, really really tells the whole tale of the game. Um, many will say, uh, depending on what side you're, you're standing on, but uh, Green Bay might have been gifted a first down. Uh, that spot on, on that play, uh, you've seen so many different uh, different videos, different still frames, uh, and almost like I've seen uh, different like uh, chalk outlines of the body and how you know the line is nowhere near straight. So, so your take on that, was that the a straw that kind of broke – broke the back of uh um uh who's a seattle yeah yeah i'm sorry and uh you know was i mean is is that really the momentum that took green bay to the next to the next step essentially going to the next round here uh i mean yeah it was it was almost like so that's the i think it was like the clinching first down or whatever and they were able to run the clock out or something um i'm so clouded from last night's game which i know we're going to get to but the the ref runs out and he gives the most favorable. So, and I just threw my hands up. And I was like, yep, they're not, they're not going to overturn it. I mean, he was clearly not on, he didn't have a first down I, in live motion. I was like, he doesn't have a first down, but 
they give him the spot and it's just too i mean it, the packers get favored by the refs and i know it's because you know we're lions fans and i just dog on the packers as much as i can but it's frustrating but at the end of the day i, I thought that the packers were the better team in that game yeah and obviously you know everybody's going to say you, you never want to want you never want to be in a situation where one play is going to beat you and and i don't think it necessarily that's the play that beat them but like you said that was the play that pretty much iced the clock that that iced the game you know because in all reality like you said green bay outplayed seattle but seattle i, I guess i shouldn't say seattle um russell wilson essentially took that team on his back that game, which I think he's kind of done all season long. We talked about maybe beast mode coming out and, and, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I know beast mode was out. What? I don't know how many months, you know, so he's not back in the flow of things, but in, in, you know, you got another uh, backup as far as tur- turbine, uh, uh, not much of a running game, but you think you got these two backs you can pound. So, so I think Russell Wilson really uh, uh, made it, it's not going to happen. Made a, I, mean, I think he had a case for MVP. Made a case right there, even more. Not going to happen. But but to me, I was more impressed with Russell Wilson the way that he's. I think he's been uh, really overshadowed a lot this year. Uh, essentially, took that team on his back with nothing. I mean, DK Metcalf's kind of coming around. Tyler Lockett started off hot, but but really on that team, there's nobody. I mean, you got Clowney uh, making plays here and there. I, I just feel like Russell Wilson's the bright spot on that team that really. Uh, you know, really carried them to that to that game and through that game, I guess. Yeah, I and I'll admit I missed. I, we we made a prediction, a bold prediction that we'd get a beast motor on in that game, and we didn't. I mean, he got twelve carries, twenty six yards. He did have two scores, but we didn't get the beast motor on we were expecting. And you're exactly right. It seemed like in the second half. I mean, they go into the second half down twenty one three. The Seahawks do, and it seems like Russell Wilson's scrambling on every play. Like can. I said this to myself, and I realized that the Seahawks are very banged up, but it's like nobody could run a route on that team. Nobody could get open. Nobody could create space. Russell Wilson's – and maybe the, maybe the pass rush was too much for the Seahawks to line to handle, but he's just scrambling, trying to make a play out of nothing. It seemed like every single play, and they made the game close. Like that, It's just a huge testament, I think, like what you're saying. He's, he's overshadowed by the hype from Lamar Jackson, the season he had, which is a great season. I'm not taking anything away from Lamar Jackson, but – Man, it just seemed like it was the Seattle Russell Wilsons out there. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was definitely something. And uh, I, I, I had uh, my pick was was Seattle. I knew that was out on a limb. I, I thought they could get done. Honestly, to tell you the truth, I, I this entire season, and you know, you can't fault where they're at now or say much. But I was not impressed by Green Bay this entire season. They didn't have the Green Bay season that they usually have. Uh, I know, again, Devontae Adams was out for a while. You know, they, they were banged up as well. Uh, they've made a run. I think they got hot at the right time. Rodgers is doing Roger things. But but I was, I'm very surprised at this, um, you know, now now seeing the, the next round matchup, you know, what's going to happen here. It, it'll be – it'll definitely, definitely be interesting. Um, I, I don't think Green Bay – and I know I said this last week, but I don't think Green Bay has a, has a shot – uh, especially with uh, the way San Francisco's defense is playing. But who knows? Uh, I mean, either way, uh, it'll definitely be an interesting game. I still think uh, I still think the champions are going to come out of the AFC. But uh, again, you know, we talked last week how the one game nobody really cared about because they thought it would have been a blowout. 
uh, essentially ended up being the game that could have been a toss-up this past week. The way it worked out, you know, I, I, I assume you're talking about when, when you, you shot me over some notes, you're talking KC. Um, I could be wrong, but with that game and, and how it started being down, what, 28 points or 24 points in the first quarter and coming around, you know, there's a lot to be said about Kansas City, uh, you know, just in general that game as well as uh, – you know, you can look at, I saw so much about uh, who's a better tight end, Kels or, or, or um, Kittle, you know, and, and Kelsey in this game, uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, both these guys are just playing out of their, out of their gourds. But, you know, really be, between these guys, like you got two, probably what your QB one and, and your tight end one, essentially on the same team, you know, you got, you got your speedsters. It, it just goes to show, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill, uh, kind of like Deshaun Jackson. I mean, granted, as of re- as as of uh, recently, he's been more productive, obviously. But th- that same body mold that those guys that can fly takes one hit and they they kind of are banged up. But but was this the game that you thought maybe most people weren't really going to worry too much about? Because in all reality, it, it should have probably been a blown out, but probably more of the probably more so the most interesting game. Yeah, I thought that. Well, I thought that the Seahawks Packers game could have been a toss up, and that ended up being, you know, like we just talked about, the Packers blew them out in the first half, and that's kind of that was the fat lady singing at halftime. But yeah, I mean, this Kansas City, you brought up Mahomes and Kelsey, and and Mahomes is a great quarterback, and, and the more he wins, the more playoff experience he gets under his belt. But Travis Kelsey, especially when they were staging that comeback in the second quarter. And I get Mahomes can like he can roll out of the pocket, he can make plays, and it, but it seemed like he, he was always finding Travis Kelsey. Like, and I think Kelsey set a record for the most like touchdown receptions in a quarter. And it just seems like I start to wonder, you know, if, if Travis Kelsey isn't part of those weapons on offense, maybe Mahomes isn't completing as many passes as he is outside the pocket. So that's why I brought up the question, you know, who's a bigger playmaker in that comeback? Kelsey or Mahomes, and I don't. I think there's an argument to be had there. It could be one or the other. Yeah, I just think uh, it's funny because it totally came in full circle. It seemed like the first half. I know we keep talking about Philly and stuff like that, but not even the first half. The first quarter was like watching the Philadelphia Eagles wide receivers try to catch the ball. Every single one of the receivers, Kelsey included, were making big drops, key drops on first or third third downs to, to essentially extend the sticks to to first down, and then to see that uh, that turn of events and them just to take charge. You know, uh, this isn't like a a top tier defense. They do they do have some talent, but you know, in past Kansas City has had a really really solid defense. Obviously, they're coming around with an explosive offense. And the best part about this is, uh, you know, I don't even think at Belly Up we made a whole big deal about this, but the, the sheer fact that Kansas City straight up said on their scoreboard, "Hey, sorry, we scored too many points. We don't have any, we don't even have we don't even have any more fireworks." You know that that's that's saying something after being after being down buried pretty much in the first quarter. So. So I mean, to me, that that was a great game. Looking forward to uh, this this upcoming week. Uh, I think uh, the Titans are are opening people's are yeah opening people's eyes. I think there's a lot of people jumping on that bandwagon, riding that as far as they can. Uh, this obviously will be a big test for them. Not that the other ones haven't been, but Tannehill, I. I I don't think anybody can get over Tannehill right now. What he's doing, uh, he's, he's not even game managing. He's he's going out there 
And granted, Derrick Henry is the workhorse, but and it opens up a lot of things. But Tannehill is not afraid to do anything right now. He is literally, as our boy Carter says, chucking the pill all over the field and making plays. And, and again, Derrick Henry pounding the ball. He was what two yards, two yards short, two yards short of two hundred yards again. You know, like it is unbelievable what they're doing. Uh, do you see these guys, Tannehill, Henry, uh, really surprising some people? Uh, I guess they probably already surprised people, but to to take this uh, essentially away from Kansas City and, and make a run to the Super Bowl, uh, it's hard to bet against them at this point. But and honestly, it's all coming from Vrabel. I think the head coach, the the relationship between Vrabel and Tannehill is tangible. I think, and I don't know if more if it's more of Tannehill and the OC, and I I don't know you know what goes into as far as play calling, play-by-play versus a script at the beginning of the game. But, I mean, we all saw the toss that Tannehill made. It was like a seven-step drop or whatever it was. I, he might have dropped back 20 yards. I don't know. But then he just slings it. And it's like – and as soon as he threw it, I'm like, oh, that's over. That's going through the goalpost. Like, where's he throwing that? Drops perfectly in the breadbasket, over-the-shoulder catch, touchdown. And it was just a perfect script by Variable because he just was letting Tannehill air it out at the beginning. And you talked about Tannehill. He's making plays. He's not putting up big numbers, but he's making key plays when he needs to. And all Vrabel did was let Tannehill air it out at the beginning and then rode his workhorse towards the back end of the game. Henry was getting one, two yards maybe stuffed at the line of scrimmage at the beginning of the game. But it didn't really matter because Vrabel was airing the ball out and he was stretching the defense and then he just pounded his running back in the second half. And it just worked to perfection. I, I, I don't think – I mean, they shocked everyone by beating – New England, but then they go in and they beat Baltimore. It's been the hottest team in the NFL the second half of the season, if not the whole season. And it, I just think the game plan by Vrabel was absolute genius. Yeah, I'm, I'm obviously I, I've said it, I've talked about it. We talked about it last week. You know, a coach we would like to see win. Uh, I think it'd be it'd be great to see Vrabel win. Um, and you you know you may have a little uh, a little hot take on Vrabel. I, I think you're you're kind of. Uh, you're drinking my Kool Aid. So, so what do you what do you think in as far as uh, as far as Vrabel and uh, his coaching future? Yeah, so I was criticized of being a prisoner in the moment, but during that game, I I said I said Vrabel is going to win a minimum of three Super Bowls as a head coach. I think the way he's able, like, it's not easy to bench a first round pick. Mariota was he first overall, or was he what was he second overall? So I don't uh, I don't know. First, I don't even remember, but uh, yeah. It's not easy to bench Especially that guy. Especially for somebody who, yeah, who Tannehill has had flashes, but he did nothing. But then you see pretty much everybody that left Miami this year is now either a Pro Bowl or, or like a stud on their team, no matter, like between Kenyon Drake, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. You know, I mean, literally all these guys are somewhere else playing to the level uh, of essentially where they are picked or, or, or above that. So, so it just shows uh, kind of what you're saying, you know, what what coaching can do, uh, what a new system can do, what what a uh, you know, because obviously, uh, you know, Tannehill went there, he was the backup, he wasn't the starter. Rabel rolled the dice, said, "Let's run with this, uh, let him air out the ball," like you said, built some confidence, and they've just been riding it ever since. Again, they've got Derrick Henry, which is, uh, you know, pretty much. I mean, the easiest thing you can have a workhorse like that, that you can just pound the ball and almost guarantee four or five yards of carry, you know, to bail you out. But, but like you said, Tannehill is, is not, he's not 
made to to manage the game. He's out there making plays uh, with a. I would say an unproven wide receiving core because they're all young. I don't think Corey Davis has really lived up to his hype yet. AJ Brown had a great year. Uh, it, it seems like every time uh, I get into fantasy, I, I say, oh, Delaney Walker's still available. I'm going to pick him up. He's going to get me some points. Past two years, he's been on IR. So they've really had uh, a lot of opportunity, a lot of talent. It really hasn't evolved to anything until all of a sudden this year where Rabel comes in, puts puts the trust in these players, and, and now look what they're doing. So – so, so great, uh, great topic there. Um, Zach Mack got a uh, variable down for three Super Bowls. So, uh, so if you need to, uh, <laughs> at belly up Zach Mack, you can look him up, let him know about it. So, but, uh, I think we will, uh, keep it at that as far as NFL. Obviously, last night was the national championship game. Um, we had LSU, we had Clemson, Alabama wasn't there. And you saw obviously what happened. Nick Saban was there uh, though. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, and he was not happy. <laughs> Just me having to watch it. But but uh, quickly though, is is this? Could this be? I guess could this? Is this? And I don't even say antics because Joe Burrow is not a flashy person. He 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 doesn't. He's soft spoken. He he's not a jerk. Is this like the rebirth of? Maybe not a Broadway Joe, but uh, the next coming of – I mean, probably uh, – there's no way Joe Burrow was one and done as far as, okay, now he's going to be the first-round pick, go go to uh, the NFL and, and be a bust. I mean, is, is this like the hype following him, is this real? Especially for – well, you're saying that the Bengals won't take him. You, you still sticking true to that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Now I'm like – I mean, he showed out, and I was I – was, <laughs> I, I was surprised, honestly, and I'm, I'm now I'm flipping over because obviously I watched that game. I saw the performance that Joe Burrow put in. I mean, Trevor Lawrence had won, dating back to high school, had won 66 straight games as a starting quarterback. He was like 41 in high school, 25 in college. Was not impressed by Trevor Lawrence at all in that game. And am I going to slay him for one game? No. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is going to be back next year. We'll see what he can do. Hopefully this doesn't kill his confidence, but – you're right. I'm, I'm all on the Joe Burrow train now. Now I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad at all if the Bengals took him. I think it took, it took one week, folks. It took one week, folks. <laughs> I mean, this is a big stage for Joe Burrow, and I thought it was the best defense that he saw. Uh, he didn't crack under pressure. I mean, it, it could have been he could have been very well frustrated at the beginning of the game. They start like two drives inside their own ten, and it looks like you know Clemson's going to manage the hell out of this game, but. He, he breaks out and makes big plays. I think he threw for, what, like five or six touchdowns? I don't have stats in front of me, but, I mean, uh, for usual. <laughs> to do that on a Clemson defense, I just thought it was extremely impressive. Uh, I'm, I'm behind this kid now. I think he's going to be great. And, obviously, you talk about Trevor Lawrence. And, and um, honestly, to say the truth, last year and, and kind of, you know, even the year before, once Trevor Lawrence first came in, you know, he was a hot commodity. He was the bee's knees, as the old men say. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think quickly that is come and gone. Like you said, Lawrence will be a, be back again. I'm sure he'll have another great season. But translating to the NFL, it's very hard to gauge these guys, um, uh, especially a, a – a, I wouldn't say – well, I guess he is kind of a, a mobile running white quarterback, you know. Um, and, and, you know, to translate to the NFL, very rarely do you see these guys – I mean, he, he's got an arm, but very rarely do you see these guys translate, translate 
and, and really work out. Honestly, I think he's uh, he's kind of a comparison of Mariota. Mariota ran a little more. I think Trevor Lawrence has a better arm. Uh, people can tell me I'm wrong all I want. That that's fine. But but obviously, uh, uh, in one year's uh, in one year snapshot based off of, of of Trevor Lawrence's uh, you know entire career so far, I would put money on Burrows. Um, you know, any day of the week, it, it's hard for me to say, uh, being an Ohio state Buckeye, but on the flip side, Ohio state in college, they always have good, good quarterbacks. So it, it was actually a great, you know, a great opportunity for him. Can't fault the kid one bit. Look, you know, he goes out and, and nothing better than listen to coach. O talk about his fried blow or whatever he was talking about. <laughs> that nobody understood. It's just sad that that's going to go away for the next how many months until next year. So, <laughs> so be, between the two, um, you know, and, and we're just we're again talking about a quick snack snapshot. But Joey B going to the NFL could he be uh, like I know I know we talk about first round picks, especially first overall. You know, Stafford, all that stuff. You know, Stafford came in, and I we always make some kind of Lions reference here and there. Um, you know, his start to this career was shaky. Uh, you know, the same thing with, with Burroughs. He could go to the Bengals, which, uh, you know, it could be almost it could be almost worse than the Stafford situation because they may not have any wide receivers. But, but could Burroughs really go into the NFL right now and really, like, translate to four, five, six wins by himself? I, I think he could. And – I would, and that's why I put, uh, I sent you a note that I think Joe Burrow is better than Trevor Lawrence at this point. And it's because, I mean, you mentioned Lawrence is kind of a, a running quarterback. He, I mean, 6'6", 220. I mean, of course, the guy's not afraid to run. But when you get to the NFL level, these are grown men you're going against. And that, like you said, doesn't always yeah. translate over. Like, you got to be able to throw the ball. And he had a, over a dozen overthrows in that game, which to me was just like when it comes to the point where you got to read a defense and you got to make a pinpoint throw, Joe Burrow was making those plays trevor lawrence was not so i think it i think yeah joe burrow goes cincinnati i mean aj they got aj green coming off injury so maybe if they can create something between them you know i i think that i mean obviously what they had one win this year i i think yeah with joe burrow behind center they get a little bit more than one one win so i i, I think if, he does. if you're i think he does. yeah it, i was gonna say if you're aj greens green sitting at home you know, we talked about this before. You know, AJ Green. Who knows what's going to happen with him? But if you're AJ Green sitting home, watching Joe Burrow's play, and you know what, thinking that the Bengals are going to take Burrow's, would that be enough for you to be like, okay, you know what, I'm going to give this kid a shot and go play for him? Or are you still trying to get on the next plane out of there to to a potential <laughs> contender at this point? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I think a lot of it depends on you know what the culture is like in Cincinnati, which we don't really yeah, have. Yeah, we're not in the locker room, so we don't know. Yeah, yeah, and it's been they don't have Marvin Lewis anymore, so it's it kind of like you know what you're still trying to figure out like what is this Cincinnati Bengals team, but. Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, to put myself in his shoes, I think maybe I'm looking at him like, yeah, I, I would like to see, you know, I'm running my route. I'd like to see this guy make some plays. I don't, I don't think you're thinking Andy Dalton's going to escape the pocket and make a play on any given play, you know, and I, and I think Joe Burrow has that. And maybe I'm being early. You know, I'm not I'm not a scout. So I, I don't want to be too confident with it. But I'm, I'm if I'm AJ Green, I'm like, yeah, I think I would give this guy a shot. Throw me throw me the pill. Well, that and- – yeah, and that's that's one thing. Actually, you talk about you know Dalton not escaping the pocket, but I think so many times we have seen Burroughs 
escape the pocket, like under heavy pressure, somehow gets it out and just chucks the ball. Like, you know, last night we saw, and I think he's, he's made a living the past four or five games at one big play like that. So maybe he, he's not the scrambling quarter, but, quarterback but he does i think have that escapability uh that excitement that you want to build your team around because you know you know you look at justin herbert last year who could have came out could have probably been the number one overall pick he went back to school he's still going to get drafted highly but i feel like after burrows there's a huge drop off at quarterback there's still a lot of talent but translating from burrows to even the next pick if it's if it's herbert i'm not even saying him but from what what the number one pick could have been last year with Herbert to this year with Burroughs. Herbert made a huge, huge, uh, huge deciding factor that's going to cost him millions. Burroughs cashing in, obviously, in, in a situation where, you know, going into it, who would have even known that he would have been the number one overall pick? But it just goes to show why college sports are so great. College football is so great. There's so many variables. Uh, many times we can sit here and, uh, and, and talk about, you know, uh, this guy's going to translate. This guy's not going to. You and I, we don't claim to be scouts. There's so many times that in the NBA, uh, I know this is kind of off script, but so many times in the NBA, I look at a player and like, that guy's too small. I remember when Chris Paul came out from Wake, I was like, this dude's not going to translate to anything. And all of a sudden he comes out and, you know, he quite frankly could have been one of the best point guards. You know, he's regressed. He's been moved. Who knows what happens? It, that's another conversation. But to, to judge a talent like this, I think this is probably the one quarterback, and I think you quickly showed that in a week's time that you can look at and say, okay, man, this dude's for real. He's, he should be a number one overall pick and can really change your organization. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the, the drop-off is a good point, bro. I mean, obviously the two is in the conversation, but with his injury, you know, we're not really sure how well that's – I mean, he could go early. He could drop mid-first round. Who knows? But – I think you're right. I think this is with this quarterback class. It's it's Joe Burrow against everyone else. I think. And yeah, I don't even think it's. I mean, it is that, but I, you know, for a dude like him, uh, not arrogant, not flashy, he's going to come in. He's going to be the number one pick. There's, I mean, I totally forgot about two of that. That shows that that goes to show you how quickly the season just got away from everybody once Alabama was eliminated. You know, like. To a, you don't discount what he's done for a team. You know, everyone was wondering if he'd come back. You know, he could have potentially left millions on the table by by coming out to the NFL and possibly having one more great year in college or vice versa. You know, you never know. That's a gamble. Uh, these guys want to take care of their families and, and you know get in the league, which I understand. It, it's a it, it's a crazy world right now. And and I saw you know earlier talking about injuries and stuff like that. I just saw Luke Keekley from Carolina. Uh, he just retired tonight. Um, you know, wow. so, so there's so many things going on, uh, so many different things. And, you know, he's battled injuries. So it goes to show like these guys, you know, maybe 10 years ago, we're thinking, you know, I want to play college ball, get a national championship. Now it's, Hey man, in college, you know, if I get hurt, I'm not guaranteed anything we talked about, or, I mean, we've seen this go back to the Northwestern days when, what was that all about when they had the class action lawsuit or whatever, yeah, yeah. it wasn't a quarterback that, uh, Forgot essentially, that. you know, and it's, it's sad but true you know these guys uh are not guaranteed anything there there's no medical care and, and i know i'm going on a tangent going going off script that's what i like to do here but uh but you know burrows is a safe pick but then you got Tua, herbert all these other guys that 
yeah, you know, throw the, throw their name in the hat. Granted, they're going to be they're going to be NFL caliber players, so you might as well get over there. Don't risk the injury in college. As sad as that is to say, but uh, but looking forward to the draft. That's probably the only time that Lions fans have to cheer before the draft. <laughs> but we still managed to screw that up. Uh, again, we I, I think we've made a. Uh, a living on just a what's up belly up finishing with some kind of lions talk whether it be a super bowl preview a playoff preview it feels like we talk about the lions more than we really should obviously because they've never even sniffed sniffed these tangibles so but uh you know in general i, I think uh we hit our topics uh we stayed pretty well in the playoffs uh you got anything uh you know specific you want to add i know there, there's been a lot going on baseball uh hinch was fired uh uh I saw Cora was just fired from the Red Sox, which is huge. Uh, you know, a lot going on. Uh, the NHL, I know Sid's coming back. Uh, I know your co-host is probably pumped for that. Uh, uh, me, I just can't get behind it. Uh, but, you know, what What else is going on in the sports world that, uh, that you'd like to comment on? <laughs> yeah, one last uh, quick thing about the college football. The reason I wore my Clemson hat to this uh, this show today is because I'm not I'm not worried. I was upset about the loss, but they'll be back next year. Their recruiting class is incredible, so uh, I'm gonna keep rooting for them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, going. You talked about hockey. Sid's going back, of course. I can't get KJ to shut up about that. But uh, I don't know if you heard about the Zach Cassian for the Oilers. You know, he's giving those uh, those punches yeah. to Matthew Kachuk of the Flames. Um, which is just a fit of rage, it seemed like, and he got a two-game suspension. So I'm going to have a chat on Puck Puck Pass with uh, KJ tomorrow about that because um, I'm sure he's got an issue with the two-game suspension. I thought Kachuk got what he was asking for. Uh, that's not to say that Cassian was in the right for doing what he was doing, but um, I think Kachuk got what was coming to him. Um, other other than that, I mean, yeah, I saw the baseball stuff. I saw Cora was gone from the Red Sox. Uh, I, I it's it's so hard to judge stuff like that too, and I'm curious to hear what your take is, especially with like I mean, includes the Astros, the the Red Sox, even the Yankees, who I know have been in the discussion, and I don't know if we've heard anything about their staff, but with an issue like this, I mean, I don't think that it even with them cleaning house, does it derail these franchises? I mean, I feel like that they're always doing something to get an edge. I feel like this is what happened in Houston. Uh, Everything came to light. There's pretty much – it was pretty – I thought it was pretty much swept under the rug. There was nothing going to be. Then all of a sudden, the MLB comes out and makes a ruling that A.J. Hinch is suspended for a season, all this stuff. And so then all of a sudden, you're the front office's GM, and you're like, okay, now we don't have our our manager for an entire season. Well, what's the hell, what, what's the point in paying this guy? Whether we had anything to do with it, whether the front office said, okay, A.J. Hinch, this is what we're going to do. So the front office essentially just turned their back on Hinch to to make them look like oh we're going to be the bigger people yeah. and and we don't know again we don't know behind the scenes but but that GM just comes out and or I mean yeah that you know he just comes out and looks like hey he's the hero we got rid of Hinch you know we're not going to deal with this and also oh we're going to be able to hire a manager that's going to be able to coach all season now which granted they lost their draft picks and then the MLB came out and said you know. Uh, this is what you know. Houston did Boston, obviously, and expect the same thing for Boston. So, I think the biggest thing we're we're really gonna learn a lot about right now is Houston handled it the only way they could. The GM looks like you know the man. You know, got rid of this guy. Um, uh, you know, obviously Houston doing the same thing. So, so 
both these guys are, I mean, both these teams are going to bring, bring new guys in. There's going to be some Cora Hinch. They're not going to be off the market forever. You know, it's going to be one of those things. It's just, I I feel like they were pretty much strong armed into this, but really, I I think I, I wonder if Hinch will come out and say anything. I don't think he will. If Cora will come out and say anything, you know, you know, there's that, unwritten rule to any kind of employer stuff like that you know whether they were forced to do it or not but then on the flip side at this point is stealing signs cheating that's a whole nother episode that's a whole nother thing you know if you're if you're doing this stuff granted with technology and stuff like that i get it but we can even talk about the patriots you know you know their videotape things if you're not doing something to better improve your team to to take the next step i know again i talk about technology cameras and stuff like that but i mean it goes back to just players being on base a second base stealing a catcher's uh signs and stuff like that it it happens all the time they took it this far i get it but if you're not trying to take that next step i'm not trying to discount anything take credit from any sport but if you're not thinking that way, I mean, this goes back to a, a totally different topic to the money ball with Billy Bean in the, in the you know, um, Oakland, you know, granted, they're not doing these kind of things, but they're doing different technologies, different things, data, stuff like that. You know, what, what are all these things for if you're not going to use them? I know MLB is old school. They want to, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we'll see. I, I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see what I, I haven't even honestly, uh, seen what boston's response was other than obviously letting letting cora go but um i think we can talk about this till we're blue in the face on another episode but but in in general uh i'm not trying to take anything away from baseball discredit the sport but if you're not doing something to to better yourself and your team then you know what's the point because at some rate in time i mean houston even if they weren't stealing signs they're one of the best baseball teams that we've seen, you know, and, and, and actually talking about the best baseball teams, I totally even forgot, you know, uh, I know I'm, I'm going to get heat for this, but we're, we're switching scripts real quick. Is LSU, I know we're going back to college. Is LSU one of the best football teams you've ever seen this year's LSU? That, I, dude, I, honestly, I've thought about it and I, it it's best that I've seen in a while. And the reason I brought that up is because I, I wanted, and I mentioned earlier, I'm not worried about Clemson. They'll be back. And I don't know that LSU will necessarily win out in the SEC again. Uh, granted, they're in a tough That's conference. That's how important Burroughs was for that team. Yeah. And that, that, I mean, it's a testament to, yeah, how good Broadway Joe was. But it, that's the thing is, I think it was. I mean, they broke Joe Burrow by himself, broke records left and right. And just the way that they went about this season, because I, and especially with the way people were talking about Alabama last season, they were just blowing people out. And then they play Clemson in the championship and they lose. But this time around, LSU has no problem. I mean, they go down 10 points in the championship, but they're able to, you know, come back no problem uh, on the shoulders of Joe Burrow. And it just seems like you could have put this LSU team up against any team in the past decade i would dare say and they would probably win a national championship like that's how good they were and the crazy thing is is this team came out for the first two three drives and they were flat defense offense like you said the defense left them in a horrible position most of the night i mean most of the beginning to, to the game and, and they still come out and just light the world on fire but uh but but again, to to jump from baseball to college football again, uh, you know that that's where we're at. 
we, we don't uh, make any promises here on what's up belly up. So we'll talk <laughs> a little hot quickly, but, uh, but uh, in general, you know, uh, looking forward to, to the season we're what four weeks into three weeks into uh, to the first of the year, or, I mean, to January, you know, and we've already had so much in sports between baseball, college football, uh, uh, NFL playoffs. I, f- I feel like this year is already, setting the stage to be big things, you know, really looking forward to the season, uh, to belly up, uh, to, to puck, puck pass everything. So, um, with that being said, like I said, unless you got anything else to, to, uh, add, uh, I am good to go on, on behalf of, uh, let's make a, let's, let's real, real quick, real quick. Let's make a quick prediction before we go into this weekend. Who do, who do you think, who do you think is going to make Super Bowl? I'm I'm gonna have to go with uh, San Francisco Kansas City so yeah. so badly I want so badly I want San Francisco Tennessee <laughs> but I originally had Kansas City as my AFC pick I, either way I think both teams is is great as I, I think the the best matchup is going to be Kansas City versus San Francisco that offense versus that defense but I feel like um, Kansas City has more playmakers and and they win that game but. To discount uh, Tennessee Titans, keep them out. Uh, I know Zach is uh, is, is definitely got to be on that Tennessee uh, bandwagon to to get Vrabel as first, and then uh, a couple on the here uh, here on the way out. So. Oh, yeah, that would help my hot take for sure. But uh, I'm with you. I think it's Niners Chiefs. Uh, as much as I'd like to see Niners Titans, um, I don't think the Chiefs will make the same mistake that the Ravens did. Um, I'm actually slightly worried that we're going to get. Chiefs Packers if the refs help the Packers out a little more I'm just kidding but uh we get that that State Farm Super Bowl god yes could you imagine my god everyone's insurance is gonna go up yes we'll get it at this point you can cut me off at any point but but again on behalf of myself zach mack uh the puck puck pass uh cronies over here we gotta get kj on here i know what that, that'll turn into a debacle but uh <laughs> but again another night has come another night is gone we've got uh, great things in sports right now rolling we're, we're lucky to be a part of that so so uh, on, on behalf of myself and zach i uh, appreciate you guys tuning in have a good night tighten up, tighten up.